Welcome to The Landscape, a podcast to shed light on the people, programs, and businesses that are changing the landscape for individuals with any type of disability. I'm your host, Nave Eldar. Today, you will hear a conversation with David Quillen, the Senior Vice President of Global Mission, State Development, and Operations of Best Buddies International. We will speak about the four pillars of Best Buddies' mission and more. By the end of the podcast, you will understand why they may be the single most impactful organization in the world when it comes to transforming culture and fighting stigma around individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Today's conversation starts with David discussing why he got involved with Best Buddies in the early 90s. So I got involved in Best Buddies when I was a college student at the University of South Florida in 1991. And uh, both my brother and my sister have intellectual and development disabilities, which is really why this was such a passion for me and wanting them to have friends that weren't necessarily, you know, their family members or people who are paid to be with them every day, but individuals that just wanted to hang and, and spend time with them for the people who they who they are enjoying the things that they together, you know, enjoy with their friends. Um, and so uh, I started the Best Buddies chapter at my school, and we made about 25 matches uh, at that time. And we matched 25 college students with 25 adults uh, with intellectual and developed disabilities in the community. Um, I would say the biggest change to me uh, is certainly, um, I think we're using much more respectful language in terms of identifying individuals who are benefiting from, you know, this particular program. Uh, I think people uh, tend to embrace inclusion more today um, than they did, you know, back when I was a college student. And they understand, um, or most people tend to understand the value, the value of that. And um, but otherwise, I think, you know, the basis of our program is very much the same. I mean, we're really working to create these mutually enriching one-to-one friendships for two individuals to learn equally from each other, to be mutually enriching, and to really just have tons of fun and get to know each other. I have kids who are school age, and that so they have clubs at their school. And, and sure. when you go, you see that oftentimes you'll have um, more individuals without a disability in the club than with a disability. Um, how did that start? And can you tell us what age groups you run through for buddies? Sure. So I mean, one of the things I love about Best Buddies is that once the matches are made, I find it's really difficult to even be able to identify who has a disability and who ha- who doesn't. I think it's just all these wonderful connections and friendships that are being um, facilitated together. And people are learning to appreciate what they have in common, what they don't have in common, and, um, and just, you know, creating that uh, experience that helps foster friendships. Uh, we start the Best Buddies programs as early as elementary schools. Um, and in the elementary schools, we're really working with the kids uh, to identify what it means to be a good friend. You know, I think sometimes we take that idea for granted. And the idea of friendship uh, and what that means um, is something that is crucial to someone's, anyone's um, developments, whether you have a disability or not. And, uh, you know, the introduction of technology to some degree um, has hindered people's ability to foster those those connections and to understand what that what that means. So in elementary schools, we're super focused on just 
you know, what it means to be a good friend and what the character traits are of friendship. And then in middle school is when we actually start matching individuals with intellectual and development disabilities with their peers without disabilities. And we work really hard to, again, you know, create opportunities for these individuals just to connect and identify what it is they have in common and um, find ways to communicate. You know, it sometimes there might be a communication barrier. Um, so, you know, helping them, coaching them to find ways to just make those really good, solid connections. Uh, and the, the buddy pairs have to see each other, you know, twice a month and make contact once a week. And in a basis of a school, you know, frequently they actually get to see each other a lot more often. And so that continues in that way in high schools where, you know, the, the programs run as a club and uh, we host a number of different events and parties and activities to really help, again, foster that idea of friendship and provide, you know, uh, like a, you know, a, a breakout um, for how people can connect. And then in colleges, it's also, you know, the same thing where we're matching adults with intellectual and development disabilities with adults in, in college, and they have um, the same volunteer commitments, and they also do group activities uh, together. And then uh, we have an adult program um, that's not school-based for citizens in the community. And so it'd be people like you and I um, that we would match uh, with individuals with intellectual and developed disabilities and really try to, in all of the programs, um, our matching process is one in which we spend a lot of time just being able to get to know both individuals and trying to make you know the best matches possible uh, for these two individuals to connect. Is there any training involved for your volunteers? So there is some training in terms of, you know, um, what it what it means to have an intellectual and developmental disability. Uh, and so that training, you know, happens in the context of uh, we identify, you know, special education advisors and schools and individuals that work at agencies to come in and talk with the students about uh, the individuals that they're going to be matched up with. Um, but we also spend a lot of time with uh, the volunteers just saying, you know, the expectation is for you just to be a friend. And so, um, you know, I, understanding what that means, that you're, you're not there to be the, the caretaker or, um, you know, to do anything more than just be a friend to this person and, and listen and a support system for them and really foster that mutually enriching one-to-one -one friendship. You know, so much of our work is, is is bent on the need to shift culture and and stigma and all of these things. And what's so great about this these particular programs is that you're getting us at such a young age, right? And so we're, we're you're able to to grow up without the um, the separation. Like when you and I were in school, there was a, such a separation of individuals with a disability from those without. Um, and so then it impacts way further down the line. I mean, eventually they become adults. And so if they're in a the workplace, it's not going to be unusual to be working next to people with a disability and so on and so forth. So I know that your mission has um, uh, also a leg for employment as well. So, So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So, you know, the unemployment rate for people with intellectual and development disabilities hovers around 81%. So this is an area that we know just from working with all these incredible participants over the years that they want to work and they want to have a job and they want to have a paycheck and they want to have careers, um, you know, for their entire lives. And so Best Buddies has been working really hard with teachers and 
special education advisors to start having those conversations around employment uh, even earlier to be able to better prepare individuals for their careers. And then as an agency that works directly with employment, uh, Best Buddies partners both with employers and participants for the life cycle of employment uh, to make sure that they're super successful in their particular jobs. You know, um, the number two reason why a person with an intellectual disability may lose a job is due to a change in supervisors. And so we just think it's really, really important for uh, the provider agency to be a part and have a partnership with the employer from the get-go so that if there is a change in the supervisor or maybe they want to hire more people into the workplace uh, or maybe they want to promote the individual to get you know new skill sets that were there to be able to assist and support them in every single step of the way. I want to talk to you a little bit about your staff. So I am in a position now, so my background is actually supported employment. Um, and I am in a program now where I support providers across the state. And one of the biggest things that, that we have to work on is even um, stigma from the provider side, right? So in other words, we, we often put people in food and filth, as I say. Sure. Um, and we're trying to get them into the variety of jobs as they have interest in wherever they want to be. But something I will say about um, Best Buddy staff is that they get that, like, when I walk in, they already have that ingrained in them. Um, and so you see them in like really wonderful and diverse jobs. And, and is that something that you train your staff to do? Is it, is it a part of your culture? It's definitely a part of our culture. And I think, you know, it, it starts from the very beginning in terms of what you think about the abilities of the individuals that they that we work with and talking with them from a customized approach about what their hopes and what their dreams are and helping them get to that place. And, you know, everybody has to start someplace. I, mean, I started working at Chick-fil-A when I was 16 years old, right. but you know, there's a career progression. And I think that's one huge area in the field of integrated employment that again, we could do better at, you know, and I think everybody thinks, oh, you know, this person is just going to be, you know, a, a bagger for the rest of their life. And that, that if that's what they want to do, great. And they can stay there for as long as they want. But if they have other hopes and the dreams and they have other ideas of what they want to do, then as your supportive employment agency, let's help you get those skills so that you can, you can accomplish your dreams. I mean, that, that's just like, I think for everyone and really just trying to change the mindset. Uh, you know, I have um, one of our participants that I, I think is just this incredible speaker. Like he, ha he can command an audience like no other. And his mom was telling me that they went to his IEP meeting as he was preparing to, uh, you know, graduate and potentially go into a transition program and the school offered him custodial as his first, you know, job skill and that, that yeah. that's what he was, you know, going to do. And I thought, wow, like what a missed opportunity that is for someone who you see that can command an audience that's super engaging, like they're going to, you know, pigeonhole him into that as a starting place when he could go anywhere. And so, you know, it resulted, his mom had to actually help him find a job. Now he's working in a, a ice cream store. He's gotten employee of the month, like four different times. He's constantly being recognized by, you know, customers uh, to 
to the to the company and you know they see his skills i mean he has a lot to offer and i think that's where we have to really you know change the the mindset from the entire industry at you know let's look at the person not just oh we're just going to start in custodial because that's easy you know right. that, i know that's not right Right. It's just something that we're just so used to. It's, it's literally our culture. And so that's like what I said, like everything about Best Buddies is about changing culture. Um, another leg of that, which I just learned about, I'm not going to lie, while I was doing research, sure. was that you guys have this amazing integrated housing program. Yes. Um, can you can you talk a little bit? About, I have never heard of such a thing. And um, and if I can say, if people want to go online, I'll, I'll share the, the um, your website information at the end of the podcast. But to look at the pictures are just beautiful uh, houses or apartments or whatever they are. Um, yes. But can you talk about that program? Absolutely. So, I mean, again, I think Best Buddies and our founder has always been really visionary in terms of like being a game changer for what's possible. You know, and um, our founder, Anthony Shriver, he started Best Buddies when he was a college student in 1987 at Georgetown. And, you know, his uncle, President Kennedy, was the very first president of the United States ever to welcome a person with Down syndrome to the White House. So I think in that vein, um, they're really, you know, we're really trying to be game changers for what's possible. And so the integrated living is another step in that direction. Um, And so creating a place where you know, people with and without intellectual disabilities live together and fostering that wonderful community when people live and eat and, you know, celebrate life and experience the adventures that we all, you know, um, run into in in the journey of life together. Uh, And that's really, you know, the whole premise of our program. And so we have a home in Westwood uh, in California with um, students from UCLA who are living alongside individuals with intellectual disabilities. And it's vibrant. Um, We've partnered with UCLA for them to be able to attend uh, football games and cultural activities and to be able to access, you know, um, fitness uh, and be able to have dinner together. In fact, they went and saw Hamilton together and they have, you know, meetings where they decide what it is that they want to do and what kind of social activities they want to be a part of. And then now we've just launched our second residence, uh, in Washington, DC. Uh, and, um, those will be more like apartments, uh, apartment style. Uh, but you know, the, they're so nice and they're, you know, totally integrated. And again, we'll just be creating that, element of community of where people are enjoying life and we're going to foster those opportunities for them to connect with each other and live in a really great space with really awesome people. Is it a roommate situation or do they have private bedrooms? They have their own private bedrooms. uh, And then there's um, common spaces, common areas that they can enjoy uh, and, um, you know, watch TV or play cards or, you know, there's a pool uh, at both the locations. So, I mean, there's lots of things to do for sure. So, so my son is a freshman in college and he's very spoiled and has a private, he lives in a dorm apartment, but he has a private bedroom. Sure. But I just want to say after I saw that your properties, I was like, maybe my son isn't as lucky as I thought he was because they are absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> they really are. Um, and then, so another, another prong that you guys do is you want them to be self advocates Right. And I believe you even used the, the phrase ambassadors, or maybe that's a, a part of that, that track. Can, can you explain that track? Sure. And the goal. Sure. 
So um, that pillar is really around leadership. And, you know, I, I think I mentioned earlier, you know, so many special education classes, they work a lot with individuals about life skills and what that looks like and how to count money and how to take transportation and how to do your laundry. Um, but they don't always talk about what it means to be a leader. And probably, you know, when you and I are in school, and I think, you know, to a lot of individuals without disabilities, that concept of leadership is constantly articulated and referenced in our schools. You know, like you want to be a leader in your community and you have a responsibility for public service and you have a responsibility, you know, to, to contribute to help your, your community in whatever ways, you know, you can. Um, and so that's why this leadership pillar is really important for Best Buddies, because we want that same opportunity for people with intellectual and developed disabilities. So we train them to be um, speakers, to be able to share their story uh, and tell their story to different audiences around the world, in their community, or even within their schools or classes, uh, and spend a lot of time with them helping coach them about what that what that looks like and then really just teaching them about what it means to be a leader and what the expectations are uh, to be a leader and again it's completely integrated so we do have ambassadors but we have ambassadors with and without intellectual disabilities all sharing the impact that best buddies has uh, in their particular life so the four pillars of best buddies and they're really so interconnected it's friendship it's employment it's leadership and it's integrated living. And we know if you have those four things um, that you can really have such a vibrant, dynamic, amazing life. Yeah, that that's, that's life, right? Like it everything, is. everything you named. And um, the beauty is that you guys have this expectation for it, right? So was that from day one? Now you grew up, right? You have uh, yes. siblings that have uh, intellectual developmental disabilities. Sure. In your, in your home when you were young, was there an expectation that they would live on their own and, and have a job in an integrated setting? Or, or has that changed over time? I think that has changed for sure over time. I think always the expectation in my family was that uh, my siblings were going to be able to do the same things that, you know, I did. There was nothing um, you know, if I had to mow the lawn, my brother had to mow the lawn. And, you know, if my sister unloaded the dishwasher, I had to unload the dishwasher. Right. And my, my mom frequently tells a story that I wanted to learn to roller skate. And uh, my sister didn't really actually even learn to walk until she was almost four years old. And we're about a year and a half difference. But my sister worked really, really hard because she saw me roller skate she wanted to roller skate. So I think there's a lot to be said when you're raised in a family that has expectations for, you know, what's possible and for um, having those expectations that, you know, everybody is going to um, contribute equally, you know, no matter um, what your skill sets or strengths are, there's an expectation that you find your way and you, you know, contribute. And so I think, um, I think, for my my siblings specifically, um, I think they would love to be able to you know live on their own, and they have some medical situations where they're not able to. So I think, in some degree, you know, there's different barriers for everybody about you know why that may be possible mm -hmm. and why that might not happen. Um, but ultimately, being able to just provide opportunities for people to live the life and make the choices and do the things they want to do. 
uh, I think is just really so, so important to a person with an intellectual and developed disability. Right, exactly. Um, I started talking about your staff, and I want to jump back to it. I'm going to jump around a little bit today because there's sure, so okay. much I wanted to talk about, and 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 so I'm, I'm getting a little bit off track here. Um, and as you get to know me, I can do that. I can go down my little rabbit holes. So another thing I want to talk to you about is that I don't think I've ever met staff that were so committed to a company. I mean, your staff love best buddies. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh yeah, I get to come to work and I'm glad I'm I'm thankful to have a paycheck. It's it's they are they are very much ambassadors for you. Um so how did you how did you create that culture as a company? I, I think a big part of that culture happens because we uh attract a lot of individuals who started out as volunteers for best buddies. And uh-huh. so um, you know, being in a college environment and having programs in high schools and middle schools and having those individuals, you know, interact with our staff um, on a regular basis then makes them want to one day be those, um, you know, in those similar roles. Uh, and so I think we have that for sure going for us. And then when they're able to experience the program firsthand and then also really recognizing, I think, you know, people have a lot of um, misconceptions sometimes about a person with an intellectual disability, about, you know, what they can do um, and, and how, you know, how they want to live their particular life. And so suddenly when you are friends with someone and you build that connection, uh, it really creates a different um, context and a viewpoint for you. And so, then when those individuals want to come work for us and having had that ex- firsthand experience with our mission, I think that's a huge bonus to our organization. So I mean, there's a lot of individuals just like me that have been involved in our best buddies programs in schools. And even now, I mean, I'm date myself, but we even have individuals who got involved in best buddies in middle school and that now are working for the organization uh, every day in our programs. So it's just amazing to think that they went to middle school, high school, college, and then you know now they're they're working for us and for the organization. So I think it's very much a part of the of the culture, and um, I think it's also a big part of just recognizing this mission and one is, is one in which, you know, we want to put ourselves out of business. I mean, we want to make it so that our world doesn't even need a program like Best Buddies and really getting everyone to buy into that, that concept and that it's going to take, you know, we have to push. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of places in this country today that still are very isolating for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Sure. So I know that we still have a lot of work uh, to do. And that day is, you know, far off, but in our minds, I mean, we hope that, um, you know, we want to make that happen so that people are just so naturally integrated into their schools and workplaces that they don't even need a program like Best Buddies to, to foster and make that happen. Mm-hmm. You talked about um, volunteers. My company, I work for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee sure. and we volunteer um, heavily at your prom. There's a Best Buddies yes. prom. Um, can you talk a little bit about that so, to people who don't know about the prom? Yes. So, um, I mean, that, that particular prom is at the hockey arena. and yeah, the Bridgestone Arena. The Bridgestone Arena. And they have, um, I mean, that team, um, the Predators, has just been so awesome to our organization and really um, wanting to invest in the opportunities for people to, again, connect. And so, you know, I think everybody loves 
to dance and everybody remembers, you know, how much fun it was to go uh, and to a, a prom-like experience. And so Best Buddies just fosters and creates this incredible opportunity where the parents are up at the top, not, you know, hovering around their son or daughter and making sure they're, you know, um, you know, behaving appropriately or whatever it is that they want. They're, they're off and the, the Best Buddies participants are just enjoying and they're celebrating the music and we bring them up on stage and they sing karaoke and they have great food that's donated from the Nashville community. And um, ultimately they have an experience in which they'll remember forever. And again, even further connect them to their best buddy. Because remember that time we danced all night at the Bridgestone Arena? Like it's those moments that weave all of our, you know, connections together. Yes. It, it was, first of all, it was a huge turnout um, the years that I went. Um, many kids with disabilities, many kids without disabilities, um, some of the Nashville Predators came and right. were up on the stage talking to the kids. So I, I forgot about the parents being separated. But one of my volunteer responsibilities one year was to be a guard so the parents couldn't come down right. out of the stands. Like, let right. your kids have fun. Have fun. Um, they'll be fine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a really – so some parents will, you know – are very overprotective of their sons and daughters, and rightfully so. Um, but I also think it's it's so important to have those moments of independence too, um, and recognize that your kids, you know, are safe with their best buddy. They just want to have fun and dance. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, when I was reading your mission statement and you hit all the pillars, but the first um, line talks about establishing a global volunteer movement. And when you say global, you are not joking. I mean, you are in 50 states, six continents. Um, I don't know how many countries you 56, might be able to count. 56 50, countries, 56 countries, six continents. Um, how in the world did that happen? I it is so much a testament to our volunteers and to people wanting to have this opportunity to bring this mission um, to their local communities. And, um, you know, when you talk about that global volunteer movement, it's so much about, you know, these volunteers, whether it's a teacher who is volunteering to help be the club advisor or whether it's a student who's agreeing to be the student leader or a Best Buddies participant with intellectual disabilities who's saying, I want this program in my school. Uh, or even, you know, even a school district saying, you know, we're talking about IEPs, uh, we're talking about socialization in our IEPs every single day. How are we going to do this in our school district? And Best Buddies is a perfect partner to be able to to do that. And so we have, you know, so many different resources. Um, we've partnered with an organization called uh, Sanford Harmony that uh, provides these quick connection cards and curriculums for our teachers to use that's in multiple languages um, to help foster connections. And we're just really working to inspire, you know, volunteers to say yes to inclusion, yes, to wanting people to have opportunities for these incredible friendships and have opportunities for, for jobs and to be leaders and, you know, even, you know, have integrated living homes uh, internationally one day. So that's really, um, it's been so much about volunteers. And when you think about, you know, our founder, Anthony, 
I mean, he was a volunteer when he founded this organization, and we've been able to share and tell that story so much just from a, the impact of um, what youth can accomplish, you know, and, and what the ideas that you can put together when you inspire other people to action. So much is based on um, a beginning and a nucleus, right? Like that's always the direction you're going in. And sure. when I was reading about um, the very first chapter that was established, it was a college campus. And uh, I believe the, uh, I don't know if it was the school newspaper did an article on it. Um, and they, they were speaking about should, should students get a college credits for it? Right. right. And, and from, Day one, the answer was absolutely not, because that's the wrong reason to be doing this. Um, and so that's kind of like trickle down all through the years of this. It, it is truly like a movement. Um, are there any regions of the world or countries that, that have more barriers or challenges than others just because of, you know, their own stigma that they have in that country? Right. You know, uh, the Middle East, for sure, has been um, difficult in some regard. I know I actually traveled to Egypt as we were getting ready to start Best Buddies in Egypt uh, in early 2000. And, you know, some of the questions that I got from just individuals was about, you know, am I going to be matched with someone in a similar cast and things gotcha. like that. And so, um, but we've been able to really work to overcome and provide, you know, the right answers and the right coaching uh, and those right teachable educational moments for, for people to understand that, you know, nobody wants to pay someone to be their friend like that. That's, that doesn't sound very, you know, legit. Right. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, everybody wants to find someone that is going to be there for them because, because they care about them um, and not because they're getting course credit or they're getting a, a payment or, or some type of, you know, credit for, for that. So I think that, I think it has been from the get go and for other parts of the world, um, like the middle East, I think some Asian markets, you know, we have a little bit of difficulty just in terms of, you know, um, coaching through what that, what that looks like, but, um, we're continuing to push, and uh, and really just celebrate what it means to be a good friend and whether that's you know in in egypt or in singapore or you know in florida or california uh, or atlanta georgia you know it doesn't doesn't matter we all can come together and be and be friends and rally around this movement that is dedicated to changing the world with the power of friendship it's amazing um yeah i mean you are you are in inspiring and and motivating these young individuals to be good students, good living partners, good co-workers, good leaders. Um, you have a video uh, with, with some of your ambassadors, I think, on your website, which I'm going to share across my platforms because it almost brought me to tears. Just I was just so, so I, I was happy about two things. One, to see them standing up and you know, speaking for themselves with their own voices. And then also your agency giving them the platform to do that. Um, because goodness knows that, you know, people who are used to getting up and speaking in front of a lot of people, they've had a lot of practice. It didn't just happen. Absolutely. Um, and, and so sometimes we, we tend to forget that. I will, I always end with some personal questions. Sure. Um, I understand that you are a family man. If you could tell us a little bit about 
your lovely family? Sure. Well, I met my wife working for Best Buddies, and we have three children. Uh, we have twins, uh, Blake and Brody, who just turned 12. And then I have a five-year-old named Bryce, and they are uh, all very interested in and engaged in Best Buddies. And, um, you know, they're super dedicated to wanting to see their aunt and uncle uh, always be successful in their and their life's choices. And, uh, and really even, I think it's also been super cool for me to see Best Buddies through their eyes and to hear, I mean, they've helped me connect even more to our program sometimes when, you know, uh, my, my 12 year olds came home one day and said that, you know, that someone was using the R word at the bus stop. Mm -hmm. So just being able to coach and give them you know, that insight about how to handle situations like that and recognizing, you know, sometimes, you know, and we live in this best buddies bubble and rare things that are all, you know, super inclusive and inclusion is just as naturally, but recognizing that, you know, there's still a significant need to teach people, um, you know, sure. about proper languages. So my family has definitely uh, connected me uh, in that regard. And my wife was a special ed major. So, um, you know, it's definitely a family connection that we have to this, to this mission for sure. It's so you're a very busy man. Um, you, you cover an international uh, area. <laughs> you sure. have a large family. So what do you do for just you time? You know, I, it's definitely something I could do better at, um, but I love singing karaoke and, um, you know, being able to just uh, sing some tunes. I get um, a lot of stress relief out of that. A lot of walking. I love monitoring my steps to see, you know, how many steps I can get during a day. And, um, you know, I'm also, you know, a big fan of just being able to recognize when I need to have a moment to just read a book and connect. I actually just read this wonderful book, um, you know, last week, and I was reminded, like, how, like, I need to do that more, because it was really, I just enjoyed hearing someone else's journey and experience, uh, and, and laugh, um, that um, wasn't necessarily something connected to Best Buddies. So it was gotcha. really nice. Yeah. So I have to ask, what's your what's your go to song or or artist when you're doing karaoke? Okay, so my my go to song is "Don't Stop Believing" uh, okay. by Journey. I love that. Um, okay. I think that message is always really really good. I also love the Beatles' "Let It Be," uh -huh. and I'm a big Neil Diamond fan with uh, America. And uh, so those are my I would say those are my my go to. They're they're classics. Awesome. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, David. It was it was just absolutely lovely speaking to you. And thank you for your time. Absolutely. No, thank you so much for doing this and for sharing, you know, this information with your audience. And we're just really so grateful for other people to know about Best Buddies and to, you know, engage as many people as possible in this global volunteer movement. So really, really super grateful for you being able to share this information with people. For more information on Best Buddies International or to find out how to get involved locally, visit their website at bestbuddies.org. I will also share some of their videos and information on my social media pages. You can find me at The Landscape Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. If you have comments or questions, please email me at comments at thelandscapepodcast.com. Make sure to join me next time when I have a great conversation with Megan Lawrence, the Senior Accessibility Technical Evangelist at Microsoft. Look forward to seeing you then.